This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. You will go to the book of Philippians, which is our foundational scripture, and we're about on the I guess 12th week of teaching on this particular series, and God has done a mighty work, and God is fulfilling His promises to us. You have to grab it. You gotta go back and you gotta listen to every message. You gotta build yourself. You gotta encourage yourself in the Lord. If you can look at a whole movie for an hour, you can listen to the Word for an hour that's willing to change your life forever. So in Philippians chapter, uh, what are we, three, we have been establishing many things in this scripture. We have established many things in this teaching. You have to dig deep. You have to root yourself, ground yourself in this word. That's what's going to change your life. That's what's going to change your way of thinking. That's what's going to keep keeping you moving forward. I like that song. Because God's will is right in front of you. If you go back and you listen to all of the teachings you have found out, even at the months ago, God said something else is coming. See, we always think we're looking for, and, and God be talking global, globally too, but God is always talking to you individually, because you're the church. And God always prepare you for your tomorrows. And when something comes upon you or something comes, you can say, you know, God prepared me for this. I thought it was something else. See, we always think we can figure out what God is saying until something happens. And then you'd be like, God has prepared me for this. That's why it's so important to stay focused. That's why it's so important to stay established. That's why it's so important to make sure nothing, nothing gets you off focus. Because, let me tell you, what did God tell us? We are in a prolonged time. Of hardship. A prolonged time. In different areas. Spiritually, naturally, physically. And God wants to help us in that area. Amen. In Philippians chapter 3. Our foundation scripture beginning at verse 13. It says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. But this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. And if in anything we be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto us. We have been dealing with how to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And of course, in Philippians 3, it has been dealing with and guiding us through this teaching. 
And so we started last week in dealing with and understanding how to press forward in a stagnant place. I'm not going to go back over our other stuff because we need to be in a place. We're going to start right here. How do I press forward when I'm in a stagnant place? And if you will, while I touch on a few things, go to Ephesians chapter 5 and rest there. And I said last week that a stagnant place is a state of life where we have stopped developing. It is a place or a state of life where we have now stopped developing. Do you know you can come to church, sit in a church, and stop developing? Most people think coming into a building, I'm developing. But I want you to know you can stop developing sitting right here. You can stop developing no matter what is said here. No matter what has, what God says, you can sit there, your mind a thousand miles away and not develop. Your answer will be said and because you're in a stagnant place, you can't hear it or see it. And it's plain. I also told you that a stagnant place is where there's really no growth or development. I said that a stagnant place is a place of inactivity. You're not doing anything. Just doing stuff is not doing it. That's inactivity when it comes to the Word of God. I told you also that a stagnant place is a state of decline. You're in decline. When I'm in a stagnant place, I am in decline. A stagnant place, inactivity. But there's no growth, there's no development. You can't move forward. You're just doing stuff. Doing stuff is not doing the will of God. I told you also that a stagnant place is a state of being dull of hearing and dull of thinking. Mm, haven't I, have I seen that? And for those of you getting married and those of you that's planning to get married, let me tell you, you can get so caught up in just wanting to be married and getting married, you can be in this place. And that place is a stagnated place. That's your dull of hearing and dull of thinking. You can be there. You can be so caught up with all of the whoopla of marriage, all of the whoopla of a new job, all of the whoopla of, of just being married, and could be in a place of dull of hearing and dull of thinking. And when you're there, when it's dull, you can't hear properly. You cannot hear properly. Everything you hear is watered down for you because you're filtering it through what you're doing. Dull of it. That's a state that you're in. See, again, you think because I come into this building. No. You're in a stagnant place. Dull of hearing and dull of thinking. That means you can't even think correct. 
You can't even think right. You'll start. Let me tell you, the first sign you start making excuses for people. You're dull of thinking. Well this, well that, well this, well that. Mm-mm. You're, you're in a stagnant place. I also said that a stagnant place is a state in life where you're not moving forward. And I've told you, you know, the life is the ability to grow. It is the ability to grow. It's the ability to grow, to change, and develop. Why aren't you doing that? When you have life, you have the ability to grow. You have the ability to change. And you have the ability to develop. Don't mean that you will, but you have the ability to. I also said that when you're in a stagnant state, and I want you to listen closely again, because you did not keep moving, because see, when you, you gotta keep moving, or you're not, or you're in a stagnant place. See, some people are just riding it, they, they just in a stagnant place. They're just riding until they can do what they're, you're not moving. You're in a stagnant place. And usually you're there because you did not move at an appointed time. See, maybe God gave you a warning at an appointed time and you didn't move. <laughs> and you're in a stagnant place. Because we only, we only want what's, what we feel is good things from God. God, give me what I want. Then I know it's you. But when God starts giving you what He wants and it contradicts what you want, I don't want to do that, God. I want to do me and I want to put your name on it. And God is saying, well, you can do you and you can put my name on it, but I'm not in it. Never will be. Didn't move at the appointed time when I showed you, when I warned you, when I, and it's, a lot of times it's not till years later. You don't see it. One incident. Remember, David? One incident. But it wasn't until his children were grown that everything started coming into fruition. And see, because it doesn't happen right then, we got away. Mm, it doesn't work that way. Because remember, David got someone pregnant. Remember, he killed someone. And remember, when, when, when David's son slept with his wife, Absalom, he was a grown man. Absalom was a grown man. When his son died, he was an infant. When his son raped his sister, they were adults. But all of it stemmed back to David's one sin. But you never see it because you like, it's good now. Well, if I was a good enemy, I'd make it look good now too. Until come to your door. It always will. It's wrapped up in the sin. In Ephesians chapter 5 verse 14, are you with me? And I think this, I'm going to start 
kind of here because this is where we walk. I think we left off when I was saying wake up, right? Or do you all remember that? Nobody remembers? Didn't I start last week? And That's where I stopped when I was saying wake up, but I'll be back next week. Hey, wake up. You need to wake up. <laughs> In Ephesians chapter 14, this passage of Scripture here gives us clear direction on how to press forward from a stagnant place. Beginning at verse 14, it says, Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Mm, mm, mm. He's trying to tell you right here. See then that you walk circumspect, circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise redeeming the time because of the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of God is. I absolutely love that scripture. Because it tells you, and I, I love that word in verse 14, sleep. It literally means that you are dull, you are in a stagnant place, you are in a non-responsive place. And then it says, arise from... From the dead. In other words, Paul here is not talking about literal death at this point. He's saying you're in a dead state. You're in a state, when you're in a dead state, you're in a state where you're not moving. You're not growing. You're not developing. You don't have life, simply put. And then I think for sure this is where we start off. I told you that I'm going to give you three simple points. And I'm going to give them to you this morning. And the first number one is wake up. Everybody say wake up. Wake up. That's what it said in the scriptures. So right now if you want to get your yarn and not yarn, but now wake up. Now, there might be someone streaming this morning or streaming a little later, and you need to hear it for a fourth or a fifth time. Wake up. You have to. And you may be literally asleep, spiritually asleep, metaphorically asleep. But God is saying, wake up. There are some of you might be sitting right here in the sanctuary right now and with that mask on and everything, you might be getting, that mask might be getting the best of you. Wake up. Just wake up. God is trying to shake you. So in order to press toward the mark, you have to wake up. And then you ask yourself, well, Pastor, yes, you said that. How do I wake up? You wake up the same way that you do in any other aspect. You wake up. Write it down. To wake up means to you have to see the gravity of your situation. See, that's waking up. Now you're going to wake up. Because now I'm going to see the gravity of my situation. That's what it means to wake up. You know, when you were growing up, they would say things like, you better wake up. You remember? 
See, they didn't mean you were naturally asleep. They said you better wake up. Or you were around somebody that wasn't good or something like that. And they would say, you, had, you sure better wake up. And some people would word it this way. You better recognize. Same thing. You better recognize. Dull of hearing can't recognize at all. Dull of thinking can't recognize. In other words, you better understand what's happening. Have you ever been driving somewhere and you find yourself getting sleepy? All of us have at some point. And all of a sudden you find that you're getting kind of dull of thinking. Your thinking is all up. You're getting kind of drowsy. You're getting kind of sleepy. You know, you know you're in a dull environment right then. And you would even say to yourself, wait a minute, ooh, Lord, I need to wake up. I got to shake myself. I got to, I got to, wait, 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 I got to wake up. Please write it down. The, The definition or to wake up means to see the gravity of your situation. Listen, you need to recognize I'm not pressing forward. Don't get so caught up in what you're doing in life and miss the opportunity to know that you are not pressing toward the mark. Get it. You don't want to be in this state of inactivity, in a state of decline. When you see that your life is really declining... In church, I'll tell you again, it's subtle. It's so subtle. It's just subtle. And then you'll just see little things. But it's subtle. And let me tell you, once you, listen to me, once you start seeing things, it's almost in manifestation. Because it's been going on all along. Once you see it, you think, it's just happening. No. It wasn't just happening. It was subtle happening all along. By the time the manifestation come, it's almost in full bloom. Because it's subtle. And if your life is not progressing, you are declining. If you're not growing spiritually, you are in spiritual Decline. You can be in a word church like this, a teaching ministry like this, and be on the decline. If you're not maturing naturally, you're in natural decline. If you're not growing and developing in your financial state, you are in decline. And I'm not talking about when I say growing and developing in a financial state. And I'm not talking about getting a raise or a promotion. I'm talking about understanding the season that you're in. Do you understand the season of time that you're in? Do you understand the state of time that you're in? Do you understand it? Do you know how to make the correct financial choices? If you don't, you're in decline. At some point you have to wake up and you have to see the gravity. 
of the situation. And this is the thing. You want to wake up before you are awakened. That's it. I need to wake up before I'm awakened. Because once you awaken with it, it's there. I need to wake up before I'm awakened. Example. Everybody says just an example. I don't want you to get caught up in the example. I want you to understand from the example. Are you with me? You want to be awake and alert on the road. Just say you're driving. When you feel yourself getting drowsy, when you feel yourself getting drowsy, before you awaken or awaken you know, by the fact that you are running off the road, that means I'm awakening. It's awakening. You want to be, you want to be awake before that happens. See, once you make the impact, you are now awakened. So I need to be awake before I be awakened. You need to understand what's going on in the marriage counseling. You need to understand what's going on, what we're teaching. Right now is the time to awake. Not when all the disaster hit, that will hit, that's going to change your life, because that's going to awaken you. But by that time, you've made the smash. Trouble is there. Everybody say, we're going to be real this morning. That's what you don't want. That's what you don't want to happen. So too often in situations, for God's people, they are always awakened. Because they were not awake before the crash. You didn't wake up when you heard the word and you put it off and said, I'll deal with that later. But you were still just moving along drowsy. And you came back Wednesday and you heard the word. You were like, yeah, 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 but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it. No, you get it. Then, bang, it's all crashed. Now, I'm fully awake, but I got chaos on my hands. That's what you do in marriage. When people try to awake you before marriage, and you, you, you're smarter than them, until after the fact. And boy, are you awakened now. You look awakened. Because see, after the crash, it leaves you messed up. Functioning all, everything is chaos. But you're awake. But all you had to be, be was awake at the time that you needed it, and you would have avoided that. But you're not without hope. Stay tuned. I know. Don't get offended and don't get mad and don't get upset because you're going to miss your blessing. Don't look at me and get mad. Look at God because I'm only speaking with you. Guess what? Because my life is not in decline. Yours is. It ain't about me. I'm here to help. So if you're mad at somebody, you're mad at God. You might think you're mad at me. 
But it's God. God will take you back to everything He told you. Everybody say, wake up. I want to help us, church. I want to make sure that we see that being stagnant is a very serious matter. It's not something that you just say, oh, well, you know. No, no this is a serious matter because it's going to impact your life forever. Did you hear me? It's going to impact your life. It's a serious matter. You know, listen, it's the same thing about your health. Hmm. If you're not actively working on your health, guess what? It is in decline. Did you hear me? Because, see, the things that you used to could do when you were uh, 19 and 20 and 21 and 18, uh, <laughs> you can't do it 30 and 40 and 50. Honey, you are in decline. And we still want to do things. Like, I recognize I cannot do things. I've seen it in myself. And I'm far from 20, 30, 40. I'm far from those ages. But I've seen it. Let me tell you, you are in decline. You may have at 19 and 20, you may have been able to eat five meals a day and not gain a pound and go out and shoot basketball and all of those good things. Play sports. Did everything that you wanted to. But in case you didn't know, awake, you are not that person anymore. I think I can still. No, you. Samuel, get on that football field here. And all that little running you used to do, we used to come and Samuel did getting out to try that mess now. Little Samuel and Elijah done took all of that away. Awake, you're not that person. In your mind, you think you are. Because my mind tell me, I said, oh, I've been riding a bike. I know I can ride a bike. And I bought a bike and I got on it. You know, they got new bikes now. I just want a regular bike you can do this with. They got gears. and I fell on that thing. I said, well, you, my mind said, you can do it. It ain't nothing but just get on it. Just, no, I was like, well, do they have anyone with a little basket on the front? And just, I just want, I don't want no gears and no, you know, changing deals. And then I said, oh, my goodness. What kind of foolishness is this? Times have changed. I said, no, I just want just a... Do they still make those? Just a regular one. Oh, yeah, yeah that's called a trike. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah they, that, was, that was not for you. But your mind would tell you can do things that you used to could do at 20 and 30 that you can't. Say, I'm not that person anymore. Listen to me. Now, this is for me, too. So you and AZ, she's talking about me. I saw she looked in my direction. Let me give you heads up so you won't be thinking I'm looking in your direction. First of all, these lights are bright. You don't, you don't understand that. Well, some of you do this on here. But they're shining right down in my eyes. A lot of times, I really can't see your face, per se. I have to really single in to see you. 
And then, because sometimes I say, oh, well, they, they, I, I didn't see them because I can't see. So I'm not talking about you, but I am talking about you. You mean you throwing shade? Well, okay. It's been hot this summer. We need some shade. Listen, if you don't change your diet as you age, you will go into decline. Let's get serious. Now, I'm using all this as example straight across the board. The body, God showed me, the body, he tells me every day, the body requires adjustments as you grow and mature in order for it to remain healthy. Don't get in a stagnant place. And this is true in every aspect of our lives. And we have to see the gravity of the situation. You have to see it. Being in a stagnant place is serious. It's a serious matter. And sometimes we think it's not a big deal. You say to yourself, well, I'm not here yet, but, you know, I suppose one day I'll get there. You know, it's not as bad as it could be. It could be a lot worse. Uh, no. Well, I guess I'll get there eventually. No. It's a serious matter. I said it's a serious matter. And it needs to be addressed. And we have to sound the alarm in our inner man ourselves. We got to sound the internal alarm in our life. You got to do that. Sound the alarm on the inside that says, this thing that I'm in is not a good place. So you got to tell yourself that. That's sounding sound the alarm. You got, let me tell you, you don't need nobody to tell you you're not in a good place. You know, you have to sound the alarm on the inside and say, you know what, this is, this is not a good place I'm in. See, when I find myself eating a whole bunch of sugar and a whole bunch of sweets, I'll be like, this is not a good place I'm in. But I love sugar. I love sweets. That's just that that that's me and I'm too old for that. And let me tell you, and as you go old, you gotta make the adjustments. My oldest son said, Mom, if you stop buying it, just don't buy it. And I did. I, I did I did good for a while, didn't I? Because he came looking for something. Ain't no sweets here. I said, You said stop buying them. And I did. And he likes dark chocolate. Now, isn't that nasty? Who likes dark chocolate? Let me see a show of hands. Well, all of you need prayer. Oh, my God. That bitter milk chocolate for me. See, that's the problem. That's the problem. See, and that, that's what I need to adjust to and change. When you're in your 60s, you need to change some things, a lot of things. Listen, you have to tell yourself, this is not where I need to be. You need to pull off all your clothes, look in the mirror and say, this is not where I need to be. 
And you need to pull off all your clothes, look in the mirror and say, I'm not growing and I'm not developing. See, that's sounding the alarm. Get by yourself. Nobody, you know, you, nobody has to see you. Because this is a work internally you have to do. Say that, you know, and it ain't nothing, let me tell you, and it's nothing more revealing and more perfect is to get naked and stand in the mirror. You'd be like, oh, ooh, oh, this is not where I need to be. See, I'm trying to get you where you need to be. This is not where I need to be. Listen, you have to tell yourself that. It has to be addressed. Sound the alarm. This is not. I'm not growing. I'm not developing. You have to tell yourself, I've been inactive too long. Talking about a stagnant place. You have to sound the eternal alarm. Listen, when you really wake up, it means you are prepared. Listen, this is how you know you really wake you you're awake now. When you really wake up, now I'm prepared to do something about what's happening in my life. Now you're awake. See, if you're not prepared to do it, you still sleep. But if you are really awake, you're now saying, I'm prepared to do something. with what's happening in my life. Now go with me to 2 Kings. Go over to 2 Kings. Oh, are y'all already there? I don't hear no pages. Pardon? Uh, 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 that's that book that's kind of stuck because you don't go there that much. 2 Kings chapter 7. Write it down. We wake up when letter A when where I am is not acceptable. That's when you wake up. Letter A. I wake up when where I am is not acceptable. When I say to myself, where I am right now is not acceptable. Now, I'm talking about your body, but again, this is for every area of your life. I don't want you to just get caught up in the illustration and and what I'm talking about, because I am talking about your body too, but I mean, this goes straight across the board. You have to tell yourself, I am not where I need to be. This is unacceptable. It's unacceptable for me to think this way. Internal alarm going off. Saying, nope, this is, I can't. That, that means you're waking up. And now you're prepared to do something. Let me use this pandemic for an example. Everybody else does. During the pandemic, and we all can agree to this, we had days and times where we were not leaving the house. All of us was there. And we, you know, we were not leaving the house at all. So we just got in the house and we kept eating and we kept, we, we wouldn't get dressed. We just in our pajamas and, you know, and then they start working from home and you didn't want to put on your pajamas. And you kept eating and eating and eating and eating and eating. And then you get up the next morning and be like, you know what, I really don't have to go out and nobody's going to see me. So I'm not going to put on no clothes. I'm not going to comb my hair. I barely brush my teeth, but, but, but I, I'll just do it. Nobody's going to 
to see me, so I don't, you know, I don't care. And we let ourselves go. Easy to do. Everybody say amen. And many of us, we had days and times where we kind of let our physical appearance and our upkeep go. Because we wouldn't sin. We, I mean, we almost did two years of that. So it was easy to get into. Eating, getting up, putting on pajamas, having sex. Eating, getting on that, having sex. Now, every day, it was, I mean, just, you know, well, then, then, then you got tired of that every day. And he just said, but I ain't going to get rid of eating. We can get rid of the sex and we can get rid of but we we going to eat. And then everything showed up. And we just kind of let things lack a little bit. But you know, during the pandemic, and I always use my family, because if I use yours, you'll be offended. Every day, my sons kept getting up and going to the gym. Even during the pandemic, they would get up. They'd walk. We'd walk in the neighborhood. My oldest son would take me with him. He'd put me on a weighted vest. He had on a weighted vest, and we'd walk it out. We'd do it. And even when I stopped, they kept going, working it out. And then, I'm going to tell you what happened with my son so you'll know. One day they looked at themselves and they got tired of looking like they looked to them. And that's when you wake up. And they said, I want to do something about this. And they never stopped from that point on. I want to do something about this. Listen, you have to get tired. You got to get tired of saying, I'm not, I don't have to get dressed because nobody's going to see me. Or if you work from home, even now, you got to get tired of saying, nope, I'm not going to get up and get dressed. See, that's the start. You're waking up. That's, at least get dressed. I myself, I felt myself, I was like, oh, I was just, you know. I need to get out. I just need to get up. I need to do something. You just need to do something. Comb your hair. Just do something. And you know what? You just look at each other all day like that, and you find out nothing's wrong. You sleep. You sleep. Wake up. You have to say, I need to get up. I need to clean myself up. I have to act like I'm going to go for a normal day out if you work from home. And even through the time that, you know, that, that even though things have changed, everything, you gotta, you gotta press. You gotta get to a point where you tell yourself that, you know, where I am is not acceptable. That's what my sons did. And not that somebody else have to tell you. Your pastor don't have to tell you that. Nobody has to tell you what that you need to do that. You don't need counseling to know that you're not doing anything. 
You don't need that. You can figure that out on your own. I'm not doing anything. So how do I get moving? Because you haven't did it in a long time. You have to sound the, sound the alarm within yourself that says, I am not accepting this place that I'm in. We wake up, let her be, when I will not stay in the, that place any longer. Whatever you're in, whatever's going on, I'm not going to stay in that place any longer. I'm not going to do it. You got to say that. I'm not going to stay in this place any longer. Now, you might not know where you're going. And you may not even know how to get there. And that's okay. And you may not even know everything that you ought to do to get where you need to do. But you still have to say, I'm not staying here any longer. I'm not going to stay in this thought pattern any longer. I'm arising above this, this thing. Whether it's a situation in your mind, whether it's in your body, whether it's in your life, I'm not going to do this any longer. This one thing. And see, my sons pretty much have shown me and told me by their actions and verbally there's a place that they once was in their weight that they say, I'll never go back to. See, that's called awake. I'm never going back there. I'm never going back there again. They got to a point where they said, this is not acceptable. I'm never going back there again. Hmm. And you know, when they first started losing weight, people would say, oh, you all look nice. And you all, you know, and usually when people start telling people that, they start backing off. They never quit. Even though people would say, because see, sometimes you can start a little something, but you're not doing much, or you're not really doing what you're supposed to. They'd be like, oh, you're losing weight. Oh, you look, you look nice. But you know within yourself you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Mm-mm, you got to push. And they knew that. They was like, no, we got to push. We got to push harder. I don't care how good they say I look and how they do. Because see, sometimes swelling up, it might look like you're exercising, but that's another kind of swelling. And people are like, oh, oh, no, that's not the right, that's not the right kind of have you Have you stepped along? They said, I'm not, I'm never going, to, I'll never be back at that way. They said they were not satisfied. And as you can see, it wasn't acceptable to them. They were saying in their heads, I'm not going to stay in this place any longer. So they kept pushing, and they still push. I'm telling you, my oldest son goes to work at 6 in the morning. Every morning he gets up at 2.30 because he's going to work out before he goes. And he's not getting off till 6 that evening, but he's going to get up at 2.30 every morning. Except whatever off day he takes. They they do uh, off day. At 2.30, just so I can work out, because I know when I get off, I'm going to be too tired. But before I go, 
how do you know, Pastor? They might not do that every morning. I know because he comes in my room every morning. And then when he gets to his job, he called me. You still awake, Mom? I said, yeah, go to sleep. Well, if I was, you would have woke me up. You think you have to talk to me here while you sitting waiting on time because you going being at work? No, because why? You have to tell yourself, I'm, it's unacceptable. He could have simply said, you know what, I can't work out anymore because, you know, I'd have to get up too early and I got to be there from six to six and no, I got to do it. You could have easily said that. But when you're committed and you awake, you make it work. Two thirty. I'm like, take your Bible in there with you. Take the Bible in there with you. Because if you can pump some iron, let me tell you, this is far greater. Pump that. And Isaac and Natalie is the same way. They have their turns in there. Isaiah does it by itself. And then when he comes out, Isaac and Natalie go straight in. What about you? I said, now, see, now that's my business. See, that's what's wrong. People try to tend to your business. Stay in your lane. That's my business. I'm trying to say this is an unacceptable place. <laughs> I'm working on it. And my, my oldest son always tells me, because he, he want to be a trainer. He said, Mom, I'll just train you. I, you know, you just come on. I'll, I'll just, just train you. And, you know, you can do it. And I'll just work, work you out and everything. I ain't going to do you too bad. You can just do it. I said, in time. In time. He said, well, just walk somewhere. Just walk. That's all you need to do. Just walk. Just walk. Mm, okay. But uh, let me tell you. But no. But in this studying this lesson, God has shown me it's time. The ministry needs you. Your grandchildren need you. Your sons need you. But you got to keep yourself healthy. Are you with me? She always talking about her son. Well, do you want me to talk about you? No, no, no. Okay. Just simply examples. Just letting you know how you have to wake up. And you have to get disciplined. And again, it's straight across the board. I'm giving you these examples, but it's straight across the board. Amen? You have to say, no, this is not where I want to be. We wake up, let it be, when I will not stay in this place any longer. You're awake. When you say, nope, I'm not staying here any longer. You got to say that. You have to say it and you got to mean it. You got to say, I'm tired of this place. At some point, you have to wake up. You have to look at your life. It is a stagnant, it's a stagnant place. Whether it be spiritual, naturally, or financially. Regardless of what caused it. Whether it was a pandemic or whatever. Regardless, you're in that place. And you got to recognize it. Whether it was something from your old life. Whether it started when you had, got a loss. Had a loss in your family. Whether it was a disappointment, whether it was a discouragement, whether I just miss God, whether it's all of the above, 
or maybe it's something altogether different. It doesn't matter. You have to say, I'm not staying in this place any longer. You have to say that. And somebody's saying, well, I, I, I don't want to stay there, but where do I go? What do I do? <laughs> and that's why you're stuck. That's why I'm stuck. Because I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. That's why I'm stuck. I'm stuck. Listen. No, I'm going to tell you why you're stuck. Why you're stuck in stuff in your head. Why you're stuck and can't move from the place where you are now. Why you're stuck, just stuck in situations and circumstances is because you haven't decided that you're not going to stay there any longer. You have to decide that for yourself. Now, once you make a decision that you're not going to stay there any longer, let me tell you, you're going to move. You're going to move. But you've got to first make that move. You've got to say, I'm not going to stay here. No. I'm not going to think about this anymore. I'm, I'm pressing toward tomorrow. I'm not going to live like this. I'm not going to look like this. I'm not going to let my health. I'm not going to be on the decline any longer. Are you with me? You know, sometimes you talk to different people, you know, and, and let's take the vaccine, for example. You talk to people and you be like, you know, did you get the vaccine? Ah, no. Ah, I don't know. You know, I got to do a little research on it. You know, I always, I, I, you know, I tend to ask people to say that. I'll be like, well, what research have you done? Uh, well, well, not yet. I'm starting to. So I'm like, well, have you seen your doctor? Well, no, no, I haven't seen my doctor yet, but I'm, 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 I'm going to see it. Well, 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 the CDC, the FDA, everything that passed and everything that go, have you checked in any of those? Oh, no, I know it's on the Internet. I'm going to check that out, too. But, but now you already made a decision what you're going to do, but you never do it. You know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I got to make sure. You, you know why you haven't done anything? You're in a stagnant place. <laughs> And people are, you're just in a stagnant place. That's what stagnant is. You know, we can come up with all kinds of reasons why we don't do something. But sometimes at the end of the day, we have to acknowledge the fact that we're not willing to leave the place that we're in. You've got to come to the realization. Say, you know what? I'm not willing. It's nothing wrong with any of you. Any, everybody in here got a situation going on. Nobody is exempt. But I want you to know, even though you have a situation going in, it's not until you come to a place where you say, you know what? I'm not staying in this place any longer. I'm not. And this is what you need to understand. Please write it down. Just because a place is negative doesn't mean you want to leave it. Mm. Did you hear me? Just because, see, you could be in a negative place. But it don't mean you want to leave it. Just because you're in a negative place doesn't mean that you want to leave. You know, some people, you know how you look at people and you be like, how are they still in that? Just because you're in a negative place don't mean you want to leave it. That's for sure. Did you hear me? At some point you have to wake up. You have to look at your life. And you have to wake up. I wake up again, let her see, when I'm ready to get up and go.
Now I'm moving. See, you, now you, you done put everything out. I'm ready to get up and go. I'm ready right now, right now, right now to do something. When? Right now. Right now where you're sitting right now, you need to make an internal thing to go on on the inside of you, an alarm right now. You don't have to wait. Well, when I get home, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, no, no. That's just like waiting to start to die on Monday. No, right now. You need to make an internal You got to make it real right now. Sound that alarm internally. I'm ready to right now to do something right now. Letter D. I wake up when I will not sit here and die. Mm. When I will not sit here and die. In other words, this is not going to be the last chapter of my life. I don't care what's going on. Don't let it be the last chapter of your life. You don't sit here and just decline because you got a situation going on. You don't sit here and just die and watch the productive, years, valuable years of your life just waste away because you won't set off the alarm and change. Just let it waste away. Now in 2 Kings chapter 7, just to give you a little understanding before we read it, Syria and Israel was at war against each other. And there was a great conflict between Israel and uh, uh, Syria. And now during this time, that you, and you've heard of people say lepers and leprosy. Then now, we're in this passage of scripture, that at that point of time, leprosy was a problem. Are you with me? Leprosy was very highly, highly contagious. And if you had leprosy, you was deemed unclean. And so they would put you out of the city, and they even had things that they called leprosy colonies, where you would have to go to be outside of the city because you were contagious. And so they would put you outside the city and away from everyone else. Where they, you know, and they would put you with a group of people that all had leprosy. Are you with me? And so, here they are, they're in battle, the battle is going on, and then we have these four leopards, lepers. And they are no longer in Israel, because they, remember, they got put out because they had leprosy. So Israel, because of their condition, they were put out. Now, they can't go to Syria, because that's their enemies. They can't go into Israel, because they're unclean. Are you with me? Now, listen, we're going to pick it up here, beginning at verse 3. And there was four leprous men at the, at the entering end of the gate, and they said one to another, Why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we're going to die there. Basically what he was saying. And we shall die there. And if we sit still here, we'll die also. Now therefore come, let us fall unto the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, well, we shall die. We were going to die anyway. And they rose up. Look, look, look I'm going to show you. Now this ought to be encouraging for you. Let me show you how powerful God is. And they rose up 
in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. Why? For the Lord had made the host of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots and a noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. Wherefore they arose and fled in the twilight. Was nobody coming. But God was doing this for a reason. And they fled in the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled for their life. And when the leopards came to the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink and carried them silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and then went back again and then into another tent and carried the same thing out and went and hid it. And then and then they said one to another, We do not well this day is a day of good tidings. Mm. And we hold our peace. If we, carry, if we tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. And now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. Now, look, let me tell you what's happening here. Now they go back. After they go back and they, they t- let Israel know what happened, the Syrians ran off. We went there. We got stuff. You know, we got all the stuff from them. You know. Now, the reason I brought you to this scripture is for this reason. Is that sometimes we think, well, that I don't have an option. There's nothing I can do. Can you imagine the the lepers? We're lepers. Nothing we can do. There's no option. There's, There's nothing we can do. Again, at some point you have to sound the alarm for your life. And you just can't say, you know, uh, you know, I hear people saying, you know, if I come back to church, they're going to judge me. But if I stay out here, what's going to happen to me? You're saying that to yourself. Listen, at some point you've got to come out of the stagnant place. you just got to come out of the stagnant place. And as God provided for these lepers... He made provision when we make a decision to get up and move. And we decide that we're not just going to sit in a state that we're in and watch our lives continue to decline. When you get to that you got to get to that state. I'm not going to just sit here and watch my life just decline. I'm just so down. I'm just so depressed. I'm just so messed up. And my life is declining. Once you get to the place where you say, I'm not going to do that. You might be surprised what God has already provided for you. You can't get it because you haven't made a decision. God has the provision, but it is as you go, as you make the decision that this is no longer acceptable, I must move, i got to get with it, then the provisions will be met. Some of your healing won't take place until you decide. God, it's all about you. Everything is about you. (laughs) 
you will be surprised what God has provided for you. You might be shocked to realize that you don't have the death sinners that you think you have. Oh, this is bad. I just can't get over it. No, that's a death sinners. You don't have that. Too often, especially young people, you're in your 20s and 30s, and you say, well, I made some mistakes. Everybody's made mistakes. I've been through so many things. You haven't even... You let me listen. If you're in your 20s and 30s, you ain't even lived half your life. <laughs> Don't sit and write your entire life off. You're too young. You're too young. You've got your whole life ahead of you. You're in your 20s, you just barely became an adult. How are you going to write your life off? Many of you only been adult about three years. <laughs> Some maybe seven. That ain't, that ain't no time. And you just done? No way. No way. That's because you haven't sound the alarm and been through with it and say it's time to move on. Don't sit in a state of decline. Don't get yourself so caught up and messed up in where you are and you be in decline for the next 40 years. Oh my God, you waste all of that time just declining when you can get up and do something about it. You need to get up and ask God, show me my path. He will. He, show me the path, God, you place me on. And then you got to trust God to lead and guide and direct you. He will tell you and show you the path. It might not be what you want to take, but it's His path. Because He sees the end. And I believe you, me, if you, be, if you begin to move with God, He will take care of you. But you got to wake up. To press toward the mark, secondly, you got to walk diligently. Back to Ephesians 5. You don't have to go there, but Ephesians 5, 15. He says, see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as, was, was as wise, redeeming the time. To walk diligently, diligently means to make progress. Are you diligently making progress? One of the things that I appreciate about the lepers notice that they just didn't sit around and talk about that day after day. Are you still talking about that thing day after day? The lepers didn't do that. They said what they were going to do and they did it. They I appreciate that. They did not keep talking about that day after day over and over again. No. They went into the city. They, 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 they did what they needed to do. So what's going to happen to you? Are you just going to sit there? You need to do something. I'm glad that the lepers didn't just see back and forth with each other. Well, we need to do something. Well, yeah, what do you think we need to do? Well, I don't know, but what you do? Then the next day, well, yeah, we do need to do something before we die. No. They said what they were going to say and they started moving. They started moving. They didn't stay in that stagnant place. Because they said, it's going to be bad weather, so whatever we do, so let's go. And let God be with us and God provided. 
To walk diligently means to make progress. To walk diligently means to listen. To take advantage of opportunities. When I saw that definition, that was perfect. To walk diligently means to take advantage of opportunities. You know, many of us let opportunities pass us. Why? Because we're not ready to leave that stagnant state. That's why you let opportunity. And let me tell you, some of you, I don't know, some of you, you let the gift, your gift of pastor, you miss every opportunity. You don't utilize your gift. I've seen it. You don't utilize it. It's hurtful to me. And it was hurtful to my founding pastor. How many young men and women that we greatly love and desire to help. Desire with all of our hearts to help them. Even our founding pastor just desired in his heart we got to help them. And they passed up the opportunity. Just pass up the opportunity given to many. Just pass up the opportunity that God placed right in front of you. And you know why they passed it up? They didn't want to leave their stagnant state. See, I'll pass up an opportunity if it's going to make me have to get out of what I'm in. I don't want to pass up this what I'm in. This is what I want. It's a stagnant state. And it breaks your heart. And you know what breaks your heart so much or breaks my heart so much is because you know you can't help them. You really can't help them. You try to tell them, you know, you, you got to come to church. You can't be smoking weed. Why? I mean, why do you got to church? You know what? You got to start dressing. Why? Why don't have to? You, you describe because why? We are ministry of excellence. We got a standard. I'm trying to give you an opportunity. I want to help you. But you have to start being focused. Put everything on hold and get focused. I can't do that. Listen, don't ever be so desperate for marriage that you think somebody don't want you. You think that's the last chance and I better get them. I got, I got to get them or I won't get nobody else. You know what? Boy, bye. Girl, bye. Bye, Felicia. What the? You got enough. You, you, don't, you mean your self-esteem is so low that I'll just take anything that just say they want me. Because if this is my last chance, missed opportunity. Won't let God bring you what you really need. I'm going to make it myself. Only for the future to be bleak and a mess. Just a matter of time. All because I don't want to leave this stagnant state. Because it looks like I'm moving to me. That's why I tell all you young people in here, I'm like, honey... (laughs) Don't be getting excited about what you see people getting married or you see people in relationships and everything like that. Just take, slow it down. 
Don't get all crapped up that honey, everything is good as not gold and regard and let me tell you, the grass might look green on the other side, but once you get over there, you'll find out it's artificial turf. And be like, that wasn't real all along. No, it wasn't. Everybody can fake in front of you and show you what they want you to see. Like, no. Because if you wait long enough, you'll see it all. And you'll be like, oh, I'm glad I just settled down. Yeah, 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 just settle down. Learn some things. Because I remember months and months and months ago, God said, you ain't even ready for marriage. You're not fit for it. Y'all don't remember that teaching, do you? That was the first year of the pandemic. God said, you're not fit for marriage. Nobody listened to that. I got to teach you some things. Let me tell you, every woman in here and every man in here, let me tell you, you are good enough. You don't ever have to have low self-esteem. You are, let me tell you, you are beautiful. You are handsome. Somebody, God has somebody, he has the right one. You don't have to step out of line. You don't have to get off the path. All the signs are always there. I'm giving you an opportunity. See, again, my life is not in decline. I'm giving you an opportunity. I'm trying to get your life from further decline. That's what I'm trying to do. I want to help you, but you have to change. You have to change. Bottom line, you can't grow and stay in a stagnant place. No way. It's amazing to me how many people miss opportunities. Never take advantage of opportunities. And it's only because they want to stay in a stagnant place. I don't want to, well, I'm going to miss that opportunity. Hmm. That's why our very first lesson that we taught a few months ago was getting away from your old life. Because your old life will hold you hostage in a stagnant place. You got to get away from it. Your old life will keep you in decline. That's why we talked about it first. That was strategically placed there first. Because I didn't want you to assume that because you go to church and because you think you left your old life, and because sometimes in the things in your old life that, you know, they're, 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 little, they, they're showing up, showing you, and you're in decline. But you have to be willing to take advantage of your opportunities. I told a young lady, I said, we need to go out and talk, but it's an opportunity. It, 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 it'll have nothing to do with just wanting to, just a, I, we, it's an opportunity. And I want to see if you want to bite. I want to see if you want your life changed. Did you hear me? Last night, I, I mean, yesterday evening, I'm, I'm going to go and tell the story. And I, yeah, I'm going to tell this. I went to a, uh, a party with Sister Gilbreth's party, and we had a good time doing everything. And it was one of her friends there, and God moved. And God said, this is the whole reason why you at this party. Because first of all, I never go out on Saturdays. Saturdays I stay in because I like to meditate. I just like to piddle around the house and do that. I never go out. But she invited me. 
And I said, oh, I don't go out on Saturdays. I don't go out on Saturdays. I said, oh, I'll just make a, make a deal. See, a lot of times, see, you have to know when you hear the voice of God. And I went, and, you know, we was enjoying and talking. And then I looked down in, at the other woman that was down there, and I said, let me get up and go down there and talk to her. Talk to her. And I began to minister to her. And the Holy Spirit fell at that table, and nobody even knew it but me and her. And she was mesmerized. She was she said, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And I said, God, that was the whole reason I was at the party. I was thinking it was just that, you know, I said, we were going to go eat pink tacos or whatever. And, but it was, it was only for that reason. And you know what she told me? She said, you know what? I would have missed this opportunity. She said, because I wasn't going to come. She said, because I had somewhere else to go, and I wasn't going to come. She said, and I would have missed this. I said, nothing's ever by happenstance. I said, I never go anywhere on Saturdays either, but I was drawn to here. And now I know why it was only for her. I mean, I met some other people and everything, but it was for her. And then she messaged me last night. She said, I had a, I'm telling that, in, you don't know what that done for me. I said, you don't know what it done for me. See, I want to be where God wants me to be when He needs me to be there. It ain't always about you. It ain't always what you want to do. Can you move when God say move? Can you go when you don't want to go? Because you say, well, God, I don't know why. And you know what? When I saw her, I still didn't know why. Until God moved. And He did. Write it down. When you walk diligently is when you develop a plan. That's why it says in verse 15, in other words, you have to make a plan. Now listen. Listen to this. You have to learn how to develop a plan. We walk diligently when you develop a plan that's going to be spiritually. Let me tell you, when you develop a plan, you're going to be spiritually strengthened. If you don't have a plan, you don't. You got to execute the plan. You can't just develop it. You got to move. You got to start. You got to work it. You can't just say, oh, well, I got a plan to do this. You know, no, no. Once you develop a plan, but now you got to address your current condition right where you are. There are things in your life you need to address. You have to develop a financial plan that's going to make you make sure that you have the you be a proper steward over what God has given you. Then you execute the plan. You can't be just a good idea guy. I got an idea. What? You can't just be a yes man. Oh God. Ain't nothing as weak as a yes man. You can't be that. I got an idea. I got a thought. Then execute it. But make sure it's God's plan. Make sure it's God's plan. Write this one down. You have to you you walk diligently 
when you don't stray from the plan. Don't get off of God's path. You walk diligently when you don't stray from the plan. Pastor, I don't know how to develop a plan. You're learning every day. Every time you come in here, that I'm teaching you how to, how to make a plan. <laughs> you do know how. Every Sunday, by Sunday, by Sunday, you are taught how to work a plan. Wake up. So you don't see it. You're not awake. Every Sunday, by Sunday, I'm teaching you how to make a plan. Develop a plan. And then you got to stay with that plan. The only reason why you could ask a question like that is because you're not awake. And then you have to redeem the time. You have to make the time that you have good. Now, understand this. Time is not inherently good or bad. It's not. It's neither good or bad. It's what you do with it. Is <laughs> what you make it. You have to make time good. Did you hear me? Can you make time good? Because you can't borrow it. And once you lose it, you can't get it back. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I'll finish this next week. You don't want to miss next week. Because next week, I'm going to start this. I'm going to start a teaching that's going to show you if you're in a stagnant place. You won't have to guess. I'm going to, you don't want to miss it. Because then you'll recognize, am I in a stagnant place? It'll show you. Am I, am I really in a stagnant place? It's going to show, God's going to show you. You don't want to miss God is going to show you if you're in a stagnant place. Because, see, we can say all day long, we're not. Well, I know I'm not in a stagnant place. Let God show you. Notice what I didn't say. I didn't say, you know, I'm going to personally show you that. No. God is going to show you if you're in a stagnant place. And you will know if you're in the stagnant place. We can talk about it. All day long. And you can go back and forth and say, well, I don't know where. Maybe I am. I don't think I am. Well, I may. Don't miss next week. Because God is going to show you if you're in a stagnant place. Stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.